edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember, brand new episodes go up every Wednesday night. Got the video version at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And the audio version goes up half an hour earlier at 8 p.m. on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just got to search Twasm or T Watches Scary Movie. Also, you can go to my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll also link you to both the video and the audio versions of my reviews, as well as give you links to the written reviews I put up, because I do written reviews for all my movies, as well as the links to my TikTok and uh, all that stuff as well, too. So get subscribed. You can stay alerted for when all new reviews and everything is going up. But I am coming back from vacation, and uh, I could not get my thoughts together for Scream 6. And enough of a cohesive faction in time for me to get this up for y'all before I left. So now that I've had a little bit over a week to digest what was the latest entry in the Scream franchise, I am here to talk to y'all about that tonight. So we're gonna dive right on into that and talk Scream 6. Now, at this point, it's not at all unique or uncommon for there to be horror franchises that have at least six entries. Jason, Freddy, Chucky, Michael, Pinhead, Leatherface, Leprechaun, amongst others, have racked up higher numbers than that over the decades. But I think the appropriate question to ask with a lot of those is whether or not the quality of the films has maintained. Uh, think about it. For Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, that's a part six, if I'm correct about that, uh, or Saw 6, numerically titled in the Saw franchise, these exist as great examples of franchises that were able to properly not only utilize their villains, uh, as well as as well as if not better than what they were used in like their original films, but on top of that, we were also able to bring in protagonists that the audience enjoyed rooting for and watching as well, too. But each of those franchises, you could say, would have plenty of detractors arguing the quality of the various films that came before. I mean, when you think about some of the other ones that I mentioned, I love the Halloween series. I, I enjoy every film in that franchise, every single one of those movies I enjoy. But even though Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers was the first film that I saw and that I absolutely love, quite a lot of people hate that movie. So it's interesting to think that Scream is a franchise that has been around for almost 30 years at this point, and we're only just now hitting that sixth entry. And honestly, that's probably a good sign because it shows that the people involved with this franchise really are concerned with making something good. They want to put out the best possible work they can with it, which sometimes, which some of these horror franchises of old, we know they're just pumping them out so they didn't lose the rights to it uh, because they thought that the previous one made a lot of money. So, of course, another one, good or bad story, is going to make a lot of money as well, too. But Scream has proven to be one of the very few franchises out there that at the bare minimum has not only maintained its quality, but it's in reality, it's constantly improved certain aspects of it with each and every release. And yes, that includes Scream 3 for all you haters out there. Scream 3 does the same thing. I say that because Scream 3 is at a lot of the bottom uh, bottom of the list for a lot of people when it comes to this series, and it shouldn't be. It's hard, because they're all good. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's for all those Scream 3 haters out there. 
uh, ready or not, uh, ready or not's radio silence team, Matt Beninelli, uh, Bettinelli Open, and uh, Tyler Gillette, along with Guy Busick, uh, who join James Vanderbilt from Zodiac, brought us 2022's Scream 5, a film that was about 11 years, I believe it was, since Scream 4, and it successfully put the focus on a new age of slasher victims and horror movie tropes while still giving those legacy characters, Sidney, Gale, Dewey, a, uh, a chance to shine. And that team doesn't look to be slowing down at all as Scream 6 focuses even more of a firm lens on the Woodsboro survivors of the previous entry, the core four, uh, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Mason Gooding. Uh, make it clear that this world can thrive without putting a heavy look on the victims that came before. And that's important because one thing in horror that we can be assured of is that if you are a surviving protagonist, you're typically gonna be brought back in the next film for better or for worse. A lot of times they're bringing you back just to kill you off right away. Uh, but in some cases you get brought back and you actually have a decent arc given to you. And that looks to be the case here uh, on going from Scream 5 to Scream 6. Now, longtime fans may understandably be upset that the film moves for rather firmly on from telling those stories of those legacy characters. Uh, but with the story needing our new young faces to move away from Woodsboro, it actually makes a lot of sense that the legacy characters weren't going to be able to play a central role here and still tell a believable story, even if the plot does center around connections to the past. Uh, I'm all for seeing characters come back in series that haven't been killed, they're not dead before. You know, I, I talked about Saw 6 earlier, and uh, one of the biggest things in the Saw franchise was uh, Carrie Elwes' character, Dr. Lawrence Gordon, who was in the first film, cut his leg off infamously, you know, that was the whole thing, the Saw, or cutting his, uh, you know, his ankle off, basically, and then crawling out of... Uh, out of him and Adam's uh, prison, basically. And we never saw him again. There was there was all this reference to him uh, every now and then across like the movies between Saw 1 and Saw 7. And then we found out that, hey, Carrie Elwes is back in Saw 7. And for better or worse, whether you like that movie or not, that was a big, big, uh, big thing for a lot of people because we needed some closure on that character. And, you know... It's not like we haven't gotten closure on those legacy characters of like Sydney, Dewey, and Gale before. Because the idea is that it's always going to be a new killer. Always new killer, new motive. So you can get closure on this. I mean, closure, there is no proper closure if the series is still ongoing. Because we have to assume that there's always going to be a new killer or killers that pop up. And they might always have a reason to go after these characters from the past. So... Our returning characters have taken themselves and their collective trauma to New York to attend college and hopefully move on from the horrors of Woodsboro, only to find out that Ghostface isn't far behind. That collective trauma actually plays a central, a central role here as we finally get to see the pronounced effects of dealing with serial killers, something the series, up until five at least, hasn't done too well with in the past. And what I mean by that is, is, um, you know, we've seen Sidney Gale and Dewey make it from Scream 1 all the way up to Scream 5. And realistically, outside of Dewey's like physical injuries, the only the only repercussions we've seen from their uh, their interactions with various killers over the years is that Sydney isolated herself. In Scream 3, she moved out to the middle of the woods, basically trying to avoid anybody coming after her, and it didn't really work out for her. 
And that always seemed to irk me just a little bit when it came to uh, like PTSD with characters in this series, because I get it. Uh, with Scream 1 through Scream 4, we didn't have much of a focus in the world on mental health at the time, but now in this world that we're living in, mental health is a real, real big thing. So it's nice to see that finally being acknowledged, especially with these younger characters moving on to their second film. We have to see how they're all being affected by these horrors that they went through. And even after saving her sister, Sam, played by Melissa Barrera, uh, has moved from therapist to therapist, unwilling to open up about uh, open up and talk about the visions of her serial killer father, Billy Loomis, while Tara, played by Jenna Ortega, is doing her best to not let the few nights that they spent with Ghostface control her entire life. Now, Sam continues to be one of the best characters in the Scream franchise because she has to deal with problems that Sydney never did. I don't mean that to say she's better than Sydney or like they're arguably comparable because they're two entirely different characters. But the fact that uh, the fact that Sam has this direct link to one of the killers, I know Sydney did too, because her father, well, her mother was sleeping with Billy's father, and that brought this whole thing to a head. And then there's Roman, but this is such a a a, a uh, such a direct link that Sam has there that she has an experience that Sydney never could have, and. I think that I like I love the fact that just because she saved the day and she's supposed to be the hero, we're acknowledging the fact that not everybody feels that way. You know, Sydney never got that. No matter how many killers her and Gail and Dewey stopped over the years, none of them were ever looked at as being pariahs or being these terrible people. Gail was because she kept writing books, but none of them were really looked at as being uh, potential like the bad guys of their own stories. Whereas that focus is very much being put on to Sam because in this day and age, how do we know what she and her friends are saying is actually true? And having Sam acknowledge that she's terrified of Billy, Billy Loomis's vices being passed down to her puts her at odds with everybody in the film, including uh, Gail Weathers and also returning legacy character Kirby Reed. Uh, and this joy, this is just a part of the new batch of characters who are joining the core four this time around because everybody seemingly now has a problem with Sam. And that's one of the best things that's done here in this film is that we are given a legitimate reason to believe that some of our returning characters could potentially be behind the mask this time around, which is something the series hasn't done really well with in previous entries. We're never supposed to question that our heroes are our heroes. And this time, there is a pretty big question mark lobbied about whether or not they could be involved. Um, but then this also kind of brings up where Scream, uh, Scream 6 definitely falters, and that's talking about the victims. Because Ghostface isn't as accurate with his blade as he's been in the past. A number of would-be victims suffer stabbings that, and any other entry, would mean that they were done for. They're dead, that's the end of it. And in any other franchise, they're for sure dead at this point too. But for whatever reason, most of these characters live, presumably to suffer in future entries. But I'm not gonna name names, obviously, because I don't wanna spoil anything, but I think that decision uh, absolutely undercuts what is without question one of the best chase sequences and the entire franchise, which is weird to say in Scream 6, but it does. Scream 6 absolutely has one of the best chase sequences that they've done across this entire series. But the fact that they uh, they kind of refuse to kill a lot of people in this movie hurts the meaning of that sequence to me. 
Also, another issue is that uh, Scream 5 did have 40X offerings. Have you ever heard of 40X? It's like a it's like a uh, actual ver a roller coaster. Like your seats move. There's water that sprays out to you. There's scents in the theaters. There's lights and thunder and all that. It's actually pretty cool depending on the movie that you see it in. I saw Scream 5 and 40X and like it, you didn't need it, but it was really fun to do. But Scream 6 is the first entry in the series that has 3D and it is post-production. And unfortunately, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Um, and it's a missed opportunity because Scream's whole thing is about being meta and poking fun about horror of the past. And you would think that they would absolutely use that to its advantage and do some cheesy shots like Friday the 13th Part 3, like my bloody Valentine 3D. I think there was perfect opportunity to make better use of it. And I'm hoping if Scream 7 happens to be released in 3D, because 3D is not going anywhere. Avatar just reset the bank on that. But I hope if Scream, Scream 7 does come out in 3D, they make more of a use of that. But I don't want to completely rip the film because alternatively, one of the best moves that Radio Silence makes here is taking advantage of the vast New York, uh, New York setting. And I know it was filmed in Canada, but that's not really the point. Our heroes are forced, uh, forced to make use of the subway uh, in the film. And that's already a place that New Yorkers uh, are fearing for their lives, even without a serial killer on the loose. So giving us an organic, uh, organic reason to get our characters onto a subway to move throughout the city is just chef's kiss with that. I also can't talk too much about fan favorite Hayden Panettiere's Kirby Reed returning, besides to point out that I can confirm she has uh, a scene, a really fun scene that everybody was hoping she was going to have with Jasmine uh, Savoy Brown's Mindy. And that, in my opinion, uh, her return is handled the best and most believable way a character in her position would. But I can't say too much more about it because it would devalue uh, Kirby's story that she has in this film. And she actually does have a rather decent one. But um, when you think about it, there's a potential complication that comes with Kirby's involvement in this film with for, uh, future sequels in this series as well. Now, I thought Scream 5 was pretty bloody. It really was bloody and brutal when you compare it to like the first four entries of the series. Like, I, I think it was Olivia's death in Scream 4, Jill, uh, Jill's friend, Jill and Kirby's friend who got killed in her bedroom. That was a pretty gruesome one for sure. But Scream 5 really upped the ante in the way that Ghostface was taking people out. And there was all this talk that Scream 6 was going to be even more bloody, even more brutal than anything we've seen before. And mission accomplished. There is zero question that the stakes have been upped when it comes to the attack, successful or not, as I've already mentioned at this point. But with the motivation of Ghostface being pretty personal this time around, uh, that killer taking a few extra stabs actually falls right in line. Like it's not gratuitous just for being gratuitous. Honestly, there is a reasoning behind why Ghostface is so brutal in this film. Now, Radio Silence has put themselves into a pretty great predicament to have here uh, when Scream 7 is undoubtedly announced sometime here in the next few weeks, I'm sure, uh, that the series has to not just stay away from Woodsboro, but also, now that we've shown that Ghostface can thrive in other settings, because keep in mind, Ghostface has been to college, Ghostface has been to Hollywood, we kind of need to see that Ghostface can go to other locations as well. And I know there's been a lot of jokes made about it, but we kind of need to see Ghostface in the snow. And we need to see Ghostface on the beach at this point. Because there's something incredibly interesting 
thinking about comparing uh, one of the like forefathers to or foremothers to Scream, Black Christmas, about a group of uh, group of women trapped in their sorority house, why a serial killer stalks them. Um, there, there's something interesting about using that setting for a Scream film, and I don't mean it has to be a direct adaptation of Black Christmas, obviously, but imagine that our our characters don't have the ability to move around with all these huge blizzards that we're having these days in the world that would be pretty cool to see ghostface hunting some of our some of our characters while there's snow on the ground i don't know there's something there's something very cool about that even better seeing ghostface on the beach like imagine ghostface in miami all the neon lights shining against the mask and everything that would be pretty sick honestly i would absolutely love to see that now here's the thing I'm not saying that Scream 6 is better than last year's Scream 5. Honestly, I still think Scream 5 did it a bit better. I enjoyed the story being told in that film a bit more. And the highs of Scream 6 are better than what they were in Scream 5. But the problems with Scream 6 are worse than what they were in Scream 5. If that makes any kind of sense at all. There's a lot of great new stuff that Radio Silence brought us here with this entry. But the problem is, is that there are also some very big lulls in this film. And I don't mean like just waiting for things to happen when Ghostface is on the prowl, but there's just a lot of exposition that I felt could have been fixed in this film that just really, really wasn't worked on. So the Scream series still remains one of horror's only franchises where every entry is just as enjoyable as the previous one, problems aside. And Scream 6 should keep all of us thinking of Ghostface when somebody inevitably asks, what's your favorite scary movie? You can check Scream 6 out in theaters right now. Hey everybody, I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox, where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.